I'd like you to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Acts, Acts in chapter 1. And uh, in case you weren't aware, today is Pentecost Sunday. So we've got a few Pentecostals in the church. They got a little bit excited. That doesn't sound like a Pentecostal church to me because we are indeed a Pentecostal church. And, you know, we get excited about the presence of God. We get excited about Holy Spirit. And... Uh, I wanted to ask you a question. Do you know what Shavuot is? Do you know what Shavuot is? Some of you know what it is. So it's very interesting because Shavuot is today. And the Jewish people around the world are celebrating the gift that God gave them of the law. Now you hear the word law. Those of you in Exodus class know that wasn't the actual word. And Jewish people know God, they are celebrating the giving of the word. God gave him my word, my word for you. If you do this, I will do that. It's the, the giving of the word. And it takes place, very interestingly enough, 50 days after Passover. We celebrated Passover as well in this place. And I hope we can do it again next year. Where we broke bread the way that Jesus did all those thousands of years ago. We drank the wine. There are four cups of wine. It's meant to be real wine. You're meant to pour it right to the top because it, it signifies joy. And you're supposed to drink every drop and get a new fresh cup. Some of you guys are like, praise the Lord. That's a good thing. But no, we didn't use real wine in this place. I just want you to know. They walked out okay and they would have tested okay by the police on the road. But the word... Pentecost. How many people you think of it like, mm, mm, Pentecost. What does this normally signify? Pentecostals. You're actually in a Pentecostal church. We celebrate Pentecost. That to us was a winning touchdown of the presence of God. It is a powerful day. But the word Pentecost, in case you're wondering, actually comes from two Greek words. It's a Greek word. It comes from penta, which means five. And costi, which means to the power of the tenth. So five times ten is fifty. Fifty days from Passover. That's what it signifies. And so as we celebrate today, we're celebrating that firstly God gave the word to his people. And again, all the Jewish people around the world, Messianic Jews, traditional Jews alike, celebrating that. But also today, we are celebrating the giving of something else. As the Christian church, we receive the Holy Spirit. Some of you need to hear it in the King James Version. Holy Ghost. I love that. I love that. It's so powerful. Come and join me in the book of Acts chapter 1. We're going to read from verses 3. Follow with me in your Bibles. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. During the 40 days after. Everyone say after. after. See, if I keep going, you, you won't pick this up. Forty days after he suffered and died, he appeared. Did Jesus leave the disciples as soon as he was resurrected? No. How long was he on the planet for? Forty days. Think about that for a moment. Forty days he stayed behind. He's talking and appearing to his disciples. Let's keep reading. He appeared to the apostles from time to time. 
And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once in the 40 days, when he was eating with them, he commanded them. Everyone say command. Not a suggestion. Okay? It's a command. You do it. He commanded them. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. Now, just a bit of perspective. Book of Matthew in our Bibles comes before the book of Acts. This took place before Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20, where it says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Okay? So there's a timing here. He's telling them, I want you to go, but first you need something. Let's look at it. He says, John baptized you with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Go to verse 8 now, just drop down. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Do you get this word here? I find that as I journey through life, I've been through many churches. I grew up in a Pentecostal church. My parents saw... Every miracle in the Bible except for walking on water. They saw lepers being cleansed. They saw the dead being raised to life. They saw blind eyes see. They saw deaf ears hear. People on the mat who were crippled walking. So I grew up with that. But I also grew up in a Catholic school, you know, where, they, where the priest only spoke Latin and then speak English. I grew up in a Brethren in Christ college. I went to a Christian and Missionary Alliance church. And I've been through it all. And I love the body of Christ. But personally, this is why I love being part of our movement, the Pentecostal movement, is that I cannot afford to do life without the Holy Spirit. Because if you are actually doing the things that God called you to do, you would know, like I do, it's impossible. Because God will ask you to do things that are outside your comfort zone. A lot of people feel bored in their Christian walk. And I'm going to tell you why. It's because you're not listening to the Holy Spirit who is asking you to do things. And the moment you begin to obey the word of the Lord, this is when the change happens. This is when you get to the point of, I've gone as far as I can go, and nothing short of a miracle will get me there. And God will say to you, good, now you finally understand. <laughs> a lot of times we try and do things in our own power, in our own strength. We try and do ministry in our own strength. We try and do church in our own strength. And the only time it feels like, when, and I see in, over the years, when Christians actually turn to God is when things go wrong. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Jesus said it like this in John 16, verse 7. You can just take some notes. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, 
the Counselor, Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. This is a really profound piece of Scripture because the disciples are listening to the first time where Jesus is telling them something very, very strategic. I want you to grab hold of. The Holy Spirit up to this point in time, up to the time of Jesus, was reserved only for kings and priests. Maybe some prophets, but generally kings and priests. That's it. You don't deserve to have the Holy Spirit. Turn to the person next to you. Tell them, you don't deserve it. Because we, we have operated in church like, of course I deserve it. Of course I should have the Holy Spirit. It's about me. I deserve it. No, you don't understand. That's why Jesus said of John the Baptist, you know, the greatest of the prophets is John the Baptist, but even the least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. Why? Because of Holy Spirit. It is now no longer reserved for the elite. It is for you and it is for me. That's why we celebrate. Thank you so much. We're starting to get some life here. That's why we celebrate Pentecost Sunday. It's a gift. I don't know about you, but when someone gives me a gift, I love taking the gifts. Thank you so much. You know, I will take it. It's Kayim's birthday today. He's got presents waiting for him. I would have opened it up. Let's just say happy birthday, Kayim. <laughs> 16-year-old young teenagers that are like, uh, the earth will swallow up and just swallow me. Okay. <laughs> have a look at this. How important is the Holy Spirit? Acts chapter 10. Verse 37 to 38 tells us this from the NIV. You know what has happened throughout Judea beginning in Galilee. After the baptism that John preached, that's the water baptism, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all. Everyone say all. You're getting the key words here? Healing all, not some, all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Why don't you look at this? Jesus, it says in verse 37, is baptized in water. And when he comes up out of the water, Father God baptizes him in the Holy Spirit. And you know the story. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove and a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. But John heard it, Jesus heard it, but everyone heard just a rumbling in the sky. They did not have the facility or the ability to hear the audible voice when God was speaking. Because you need Holy Spirit. Now let's break down verse 38 for a second. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Is Jesus God? Yes. Is the Holy Spirit God? Yes. Now you read it, and it's really weird. How God anointed God with God and power. Why does he need it? <laughs> yes, yeah, say it again. How God anointed God with God and power. Why is this significant? Why did they have to spell it out? It's for you and me. It's telling you that Jesus, when he walked on the earth, he identified himself as a son of man. 
Because if he was son of God alone and operating in that faculty, in that facility, then we could never aspire to be like Jesus. Because he would be well and truly above anything we could possibly hope or imagine. We could never, ever aspire to be like that. So Jesus came in the form of a man and he identified as son of man. He's son of God, no sin. But everything he did on the planet, he was trying to show you, you are sons and daughters. What I can do, you can do. You know, sometimes I remember growing up, my sister, my sisters used to be real pains. You know that song, anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. That was my sister's. I was constantly getting in trouble. I would try and do something. They would try to outdo me to make me look bad. Can I tell you, God isn't like that jealous brother. He's saying, I want you to do everything I can do, and I want you to do it better. That's why he said, you will do greater things than these because I'm going to my Father in heaven. Whatever you ask for in my name, I will do it. If you're wondering why we say, in Jesus' name, it's because he said, whatever you ask for in my name, I will do it. Did you know when you pray, you're not supposed to say amen to yourself? It's Hebrew. It means, I agree with you. The Bible says, if two can agree on anything, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. That word agree, amen. So when I pray, or when you pray, we say amen to your yes. Uh, some of you guys are like, oh, oh man, <laughs> just messing with me right now. Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to lead him, to guide him, to direct him. He needed the Holy Spirit to comfort him. Why do you think he's called a comforter? Because you're going to go into poo-poo. Life is going to be hard, and you're going to be crying, oh, God. So he says, I sent you a comforter for that. When you get to the point, God, I just don't know what to do. Jesus said, I sent you the, the Holy Spirit to guide you and to lead you, to, to direct you into all areas of understanding. You see, Jesus needed supernatural insight. He needed supernatural knowledge to shut down the haters. Any people got some haters around you? Maybe in the workplace? You just need some Holy Spirit in there. Holy Spirit will reveal some things. I realize that it's because your parents rejected you. Holy Spirit's telling me they don't love you, that you're being a hater to me. But I want you to know I love you in the name of the Lord. Oh, I don't know. Let's just see. Let's just see what happens. Jesus needed the power to cast out demons. Like I said, he came as son of man, which means there's nothing inside of him to be able to cast the demon out, but the Holy Spirit inside of him. Oh, you need to get excited about this because this is the stuff you're going to be doing. And he needed the Holy Spirit to heal all kinds of diseases, the Bible says it. He needed the comfort to face trials and tribulations that he would go through, and he did. He endured much. The Bible says uh, he was mocked. It must have been every single day a man of sorrow. Why is he sorrowful? Not just because of the sins of the world. People are just giving him grief every single day. Some of you feeling like Jesus right now. Jesus needed supernatural insight for words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and for prophetic insight. Why? He accomplished in three years what would take us a lifetime 
to achieve and probably still more, and we wouldn't achieve what he did. How did he do it? By the Holy Spirit. Why is it that we think we don't need the Holy Spirit then? Did you consider the Holy Spirit this morning when you woke up? Did you even reflect on the Holy Spirit this week at any point in time? I put it down to this. We live in an age of plenty. We, we know what's going to be in our fridge. I asked my kids this. I, I don't know why we were talking this week. And I said to them, do you ever, are you in want for anything? That means are you ever thinking I need something and we don't have it? Like, do you know what you're going to have for breakfast tomorrow? Tell me what you're thinking of. Oh, we've got cereals, choices of cereals. Uh, we've even got jelly. We've got bread. We've got this. And they began rattling off all the things. We know what we're going to eat tomorrow. Do you know what we're going to have for dinner? They said, oh, we can make anything. There's a whole bunch of meats in there. There's vegetables. There's all these things. But I remember a time when I was growing up. My parents started ministries, missionaries, and back in those days, you couldn't take Australian dollars and change them into Indonesian rupiah. They wouldn't accept them. Even to this day, we went there just a few years ago, I couldn't change my Aussie currency. I had to go to an ATM, put in my Aussie card, and then it would spit out rupiah, the currency of that country, but they would not change it. I was so surprised. But however much money my parents had, they brought nothing with them. They couldn't. And so they went to Indonesia with nothing but the call of God in their life and the Holy Spirit. My mother used to recount the story. She said that one day, because we didn't have enough meat in the house, and even, in fact, we didn't have enough money to buy normal vegetables, so we had choco. Anyone know what choco is? <laughs> I grew up on that stuff. In fact, I grew up on soy sauce and rice when I was a little boy. That's pretty much all we could afford. But one day... God moved upon the heart of one of the families in, in, our, in our church. They were starting one at that point, still beginning. And they said, I felt the Holy Spirit say to give you this. And it was a chicken. It was a kampung chicken, a village chicken. That means this chicken would run around all day. Some of you guys are thinking, I want free-range chickens, you know. I want that. You don't know kampung chicken. They're skinny. Their they're flesh is just like grit. It's hard. You have to boil it and boil it and boil it until it's absolutely soft into a broth. But for us, it was like the most wonderful thing. My mother was so excited. And then her father-in-law came to visit, my grandfather. And my dad said, he was a pastor, I want you to give the entire chicken to my father. My mother said, honey, we haven't had meat in months, and God has gifted us with meat, and you want, us, you want me to give all of it to your father? He said, yes, we're going to honor him. We ate the giblets. Some of you guys who've grown up in poverty know what I'm talking about. Giblets, liver, chicken legs, chicken head and neck. That's what we ate. My grandfather, he had it all. And I remember my mother was weeping that night because her children went without, just crying. And she couldn't cry in front of my father because he would maybe yell at her. What are you crying for? You know, we're honoring my father. He says, trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. The very next day, 
another woman came knocking on the door of our house, and this time, after my grandfather left, <laughs> she had two fat non-kampung chickens to eat. Come on, give glory to the Lord. And we ate a feast like we've never had in a very, very long time. But you see, when you have plenty, you don't think about that stuff. You are not on your knees crying out to God for rice to go in your stomach, for something to fill you up so that you don't go to bed that night hungry. You don't know that kind of hunger. And so we wonder why do we need the Holy Spirit? But why is it we wait until we're desperate? Your marriage is broken down. Your kids have left this disastrous mess. They're ruining their lives. There's nothing you can do to change that trajectory. When the bills are coming in, you're about to lose your home. That's when we cry out to the Lord. Here's some key things I just want to unpack for you from this passage today. Why is Holy Spirit important? Number one, we need to seek and wait for Him. Seek and wait for the Holy Spirit. In verse 4, Jesus said, Do not leave until the Father sends you the gift He promised. Some of you have been Christians a long time, and you've been resisting the Holy Spirit. You don't want the infilling. The whole idea of praying in tongues, this is crazy. It's crazy stuff. It doesn't make sense. But until you're in a place where you are absolutely reliant on the Holy Spirit, then you'll understand the need. Up till the COVID days, we would bring teams with us and we would go overseas, usually to Malaysia. And the purpose of these trips is to teach them how to minister in power ministry. Most, most of you guys probably haven't done that unless you've been with me on this trip. And on this trip, I'm, I, I tell them before we, we prepare, before we began, people are going to come up to you expecting you to heal them because you're with me. And they know what to expect from me. So they think, because you're my team, you're going to do it. They're going to come up with demoniacs, and you have to cast them out. How is it going to look for you if you can't do it? Their people can't do it. Like, why did you bring this guy? And let me tell you, when we get together and I begin sharing with them, you can't do it without the Holy Spirit. You have to have the Holy Spirit and that power ministry to be able to cast demons out. It is not the prayer, I cast you out in the name of Jesus and by the blood. No, no, it's the Holy Spirit inside of you that casts the demons out. It's the Holy Spirit inside of you that heals the people. We've seen legs grow. We've seen eyes see. We've seen ears hear. We've seen back straighten. I mean, curvature of the spine. I've seen women that look like they're pregnant, but it was cancer, and the tummies goes down before our very eyes. Jesus said, do not leave until the Father sends you the gift, and yet you're not waiting. You're off on your journey of life, and you feel fulfilled, but I'm telling you, God has more. Let me keep going. God's plan for you is that you receive the Holy Spirit because God anointed you and set you apart for holy service. And in so doing, He gives you the Holy Spirit to achieve the task, the assignment. Jesus once said in Luke 4, 18, when He began His ministry, He established the need for Holy Spirit. He said this, 
the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. Why is the Holy Spirit upon Jesus? Because the Father anointed Him. When you became a follower of Jesus, when you surrendered your life to the Lord, you were anointed. And the Holy Spirit is waiting to rest on you. But you have to want Him. Just waiting. Because you cannot unlock an extraordinary life without the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 to 10, as it is written, Old Testament, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed it to us by His Holy Spirit. The things that you're going to do, you have a destiny that God wrote before the beginning of time. The things that you are going to achieve, what you are purposed to achieve, but you can never achieve them, which are extraordinary above and beyond, immeasurably more than you can imagine, as long as you're operating with your five senses. When you start operating with Holy Spirit direction, things begin to change. I remember driving in a taxi with a bunch of our guys, and we're trying to teach them in ministries to preach the gospel. When you're in a place where you have about 30 minutes with someone, right, and you know it, that's a good opportunity to preach. So I told the guys, I whispered, I want you to pray in tongues right now. And I want you to ask Holy Spirit to reveal something about the taxi driver. So there they are. They're praying away. They're praying away. And you got something? You got something? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start. Excuse me, taxi driver. You know, I, I think I called it Abang. Big brother. Hey, big brother, is there, is there something wrong with your, your left shoulder? He looks at us like this. Just look at the road. <laughs> he goes, yes, how did you know? I said, we're Christians. God has sent us to this country to minister, and for some reason, He wanted us in this taxi with you. We are here to tell you that God loves you. And He, to he told us and revealed to us that you have a problem with your shoulder. The next minute, the guy to my right, again, this just average guys, began saying, I felt the Holy Spirit say this to you. And again, he's like, tears, that's coming out of his eyes. The person to my left, they begin saying something. The person in the front seat begins sharing something to this taxi driver. He's bawling. I said, why don't you pull over? We want to pray for you today. Do you want to receive Jesus into your heart? Yes, yes. To hear that this God loves him, sends a bunch of strangers into his taxi to tell him, I know about the pain in your shoulder and I'm going to heal it. So we reached out and touched his shoulder. Is it okay? He said, yes, we're going to pray for you right now. And commanded the pain to go. It went instantly. Would you like to receive Jesus? This Jesus that just healed you into your life. Yes, please. Yes, please. It's easy doing ministry. It's easy leading, leading people to the Lord when you have Holy Spirit. Because Holy Spirit gives you two things. Firstly, in verse 8, it tells you both. You will receive power. That's what we just talked about. 
when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You can't do these things without the Holy Spirit. That word of knowledge. Do you have a pain in your shoulder? Yes. How did you know? Holy Spirit. We will minister there. I remember some of the people who were demoniacs manifesting. How do you know I'm still here? You know. Holy Spirit told me. How do you argue with that? When you're casting demons out, they'll try and lie to you. You can't say, what spirit is in you? I'm the spirit of whatever. They'll make it up. They're liars. They serve the father of lies. You need Holy Spirit to tell you what it is to cast out. I remember when Pastor Newton and I, one of our first trips, I think it's trip number two, we went for a healing service about an hour and a bit outside of Kuala Lumpur, the capital of Malaysia. It was a Hindi-speaking service, and he had the microphone. He was a guest speaker that night. I was sitting back just to support him. But when it came time to pray, for some reason, he bailed out. Now, he's powerful in uh, deliverance ministry, let me tell you. Really, really powerful. But he, he, uh, he defers to me for the miracles, to pray for healings. And so at the end of this thing, is we're, we're going to pray for people now, and Pastor Paul will pray. Thinking you're turkey. You're the one preaching. You should be the one praying. I'm here to take a break. This is the last service of the trip. Fine. So I got up and Holy Spirit told me, Who are you going to choose to pray with you? And I could, I could think of a few guys who were ministering in power and saw lots of miracles. And God says, No. Holy Spirit said, I want you to find the person with the least amount of faith on this team. Devil, is that you speaking? <laughs> no, Holy Spirit said, find the person with the least amount of faith on this team that's seen no miracles. There was one guy. He was so scared. He came from a family of atheists that he hid behind the camera. He said, I'm just going to film what's, what's happening. I'll film what's happening uh, on this trip, which, by the way, he lost it all. The film, the digital got corrupted. I said to him, I won't give his name. Sir, why don't you come with me? I want you to, I want you to pray with me. Oh, pastor, I can't do that. I said, why not? I, I can't pray like that. I said, can you pray in tongues? And he says, I can do that because we prayed for me, receive Holy Spirit. I said, can you catch for me? I can do that. I said, okay, that's, that's all I need. Come with me. So he stood behind this woman and Pastor Newton's, one of his guys came and stood as well. An elderly lady. The reason why this is so important is that this lady was an advanced, had advanced Parkinson's disease. I didn't know till afterwards that they were preparing for her funeral. Like they had everything worked out, the casket, all that. I didn't know. All I know was this lady presented, half her body was violently shaking. And he told me, he was recounting afterwards, he said, I had my hand in the small of her back and her muscles were undulating. I realized you can't control those muscles. She is really, really sick. And I, I, and I thought, you know what, Holy Spirit, there's nothing I can say to do to heal this woman. It's all you, Holy Spirit. So it was the simplest prayer I could possibly muster. In the name of Jesus, Parkinson's disease, I command you, go now. At this, the Holy Spirit moved so powerfully, she was thrown back. She falls over. Now, when I pray for people, they don't fall over. They get healed. They don't fall over. Mine's very gentle. But this was like, what is this? She fell over. This guy catches her, and now he's absolutely shocked. What's going on? And she's down on the ground, and he's wiping his mouth, trying to figure out, what, 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 what is this? What is, what's going on? Oh, but when she gets up, she's going to shake again. 
two minutes later, this woman comes up, raises both her hands, completely healed. The church went wild. And we began praying for more people. In fact, we had lineups all over the room. And I remember I prayed for another two more people. They were healed. The, the third one was a little boy whose leg was this much shorter than the other. Literally, this much shorter than the other. He couldn't run. And so let's pray. Got him to sit down. And I asked the pastors who was now following me around. I said, watch this boy's foot. God's going to make it grow. And they're just incredulous trying to figure out what's going on. I said, okay, we're going to command this thing to grow. And we spoke to it. And the foot began to grow. I said, look, look at it. Look at it. Look at it. And then they're like... <laughs> they shake in the hand. Would you like to have a go? No, no, no. They said, let's just have a go. Just have a go. Leg grow in Jesus' name. And the leg continued to grow until it was perfectly the same length. Stop in Jesus' name. So now I asked the parents, what is something your boy has never done before? They told me he has never run before properly. I said, okay, young man, I want you to get up on that stage, run up and down. And the kid was running up and down. Again, the church is going crazy. The parents are crying. This little kid's smiling. He's smiling. By the fourth, by the fourth person we had to pray for, I said to this guy, sir, you're going to come and pray for this guy. Oh, pastor, I can't do that. You've just seen me do all these other ones. Just have a go. If you stuff up, I'll fix it. Okay, pastor. He prays for this person. I can't even remember what it was. They get healed instantly by the power of the Holy Spirit. This guy that night ends up getting filled with the Holy Spirit so much, he was drunk. He rips his pants. This guy was always serious. Laughed and laughed and laughed like he was totally drunk. We had to carry him to the van and drive him back to the hotel and help him up the stairs because he was totally drunk. And he kept being drunk and speaking in tongues that whole night. Can I give you the second reason? Do you feel this? Are you feeling it now? Okay. Here's the second reason you need it. You need the Holy Spirit because Jesus says, and you will be my witnesses. When was the last time you shared the gospel? When was the last time you led someone to the Lord? Maybe. It's because you need the Holy Spirit.